Today, my guest is Tom Knight, the founder and CEO of Invistix and the man behind healthcarediversion.org. Welcome, Tom. Thank you, Terry. Please tell us a little bit about you and your company, Invistix. Sure. Well, I'm Tom Knight. I'm the founder and CEO of Invistix. I started the company a little over 20 years ago, initially focused on the supply chain inventory challenges of the pharmaceutical industry and a few other industries. And um, having been trained as an engineer, I'm kind of a problem solver. And we were able to build a great team here at Invistix that could take data that our customers already had and give them advanced analytics and inventory visibility across the whole supply chain. Fast forward to about 10 years ago, we discovered it was really well positioned to help pharmaceutical companies that were handling controlled substances to keep really tight control on that inventory and comply with all the DEA regulations and prevent them from being stolen. And then fast forward to about five years ago, we expanded the use of the software all the way forward in the supply chain, all the way to patients uh, through hospitals and other healthcare facilities. So now we're positioned to manage that inventory all the way from the production back in the manufacturing site, all the way through the supply chain, through its purchase, all the way to the patient and make sure that we have really tight control on that inventory and none of it is stolen. So was there a particular thing, an event that led you to move from just supply chain into the controlled substance and all the way to the patient? Or was it more just a business decision where you saw that you had the capabilities? Yeah, we actually did it in two steps. Uh, the first step is some of our customers who were pharmaceutical manufacturers came to us and said, we're already using your software to track our inventory. Some of those drugs are controlled substances and we need additional analytics, additional visibility to comply with all the regulations for those. And when they told us that, we built out the software in ways that would help them with those unique challenges for their part of the supply chain. And then about five years later, uh, the National Institutes of Health published that they were interested in technology to track medications even forward and even farther forward in the supply chain, all the way to the patients. They really saw drug diversion from hospitals and healthcare facilities as a big national problem. And they invited us to submit a research proposal that they then funded that allowed us to expand in that second step all the way forward to the patient. Okay, sure, makes sense. You were you were uniquely, uniquely positioned. You had the, a lot of the technology, your customers requested it, and then the NIH was asking for something. So I can see the how that all came about. Well, what would you say sets your drug diversion software, the Flowlytics, apart from your competitors? Yeah, it's really that supply chain heritage. Uh, that's our DNA as a company, is tracking inventory across complex supply chains. Um, so we're very good at taking data our customers already have. Uh, in the case of healthcare, it's data from their electronic medical record, their automated dispensing cabinets, and six or seven other systems. And we use that data to keep really tight control and visibility on those medications as they move from their purchase through the patient. And we're really the only company that's got that supply chain background. And I think it's the strength that we bring helping our customers understand all the different steps that the medications can go through from their purchasing through, say, a central pharmacy out to the various care areas, nursing and anesthesia. Uh, even beyond that, when there's waste that has to be say, sent to a reverse distributor. So 
our focus on the supply chain, our knowledge of how to track inventory as it passes through multiple hands, even multiple organizations, that's really core to our competitive strength. Okay. I'd like to switch topics now and talk about healthcarediversion.org. What was your vision when you developed this website? Yeah, so healthcarediversion.org is approaching its second birthday, so fairly young. And I decided to start that nonprofit, it's a 501c3, after talking to many stakeholders, all of whom were interested in reversing, reducing diversion in healthcare, um, all of which had a piece of the solution, but collectively not, we needed a, a whole bunch of stakeholders to come together to really address the problem nationally. So it was actually a conversation I was having with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention which is here in our hometown of Atlanta. And they were very excited about the work we had done with NIH and how much more effective the software was at detecting diversion. You know, the CDC is called in after infections break out that are sometimes caused by diversion. You know, somebody injecting themselves and then that tainted needle gets injected into a patient. Um, so they were really interested in how they could lend a hand to spread information about the new technology. And they said, we would be happy to join a nonprofit if you were to start one. Uh, and we could then sit at the table along with your for-profit company and other stakeholders that would be helpful in addressing the issues. So it was that suggestion that got me thinking about it and talking with a bunch of other stakeholders, including some of our customers who are some of the largest health systems and hospitals in the country. Uh, talked to a lot of federal policymakers, places like the CDC, the DEA, the FDA, and the NIH, all express support. Uh, there are several great national groups that express support and have since joined our advisory board, like the National Association of Drug Diversion Investigators and International Healthcare Facility Diversion Association. A lot of great organizations that all felt a desire to join together in a nonprofit and form what we call a public-private partnership where we've got all the stakeholders at the table, whether it's companies like mine that are developing technology to detect the diversion uh, or federal or state uh, policymakers or regulators or licensure boards, um, as well as all the private institutions that have a desire to reduce diversion, like the hospitals and health systems themselves, the insurers, the um, uh, professional associations for nursing, for pharmacy, for anesthesia and medical boards. Uh, what we've been really excited about in our short two years since we were founded is we've attracted uh, over 20 different groups, um, some of whom I just mentioned, all of whom are listed on our website, to join our advisory board to help us in our mission to both raise awareness of how big this problem is across the country uh, and to share best practices as best we can with all the different stakeholders with the ultimate mission being to reduce drug diversion in healthcare facilities. What a great multidisciplinary departmental uh, project. I had no idea that there were so many people involved in that. Do you have any examples of how people are using the site to change their day-to-day -day decisions or progress with diversion monitoring or prevention? Yeah, there's really two areas that we've seen success so far. Uh, number one is we have a database of hundreds of known diversion incidents. These have either been reported publicly, like the DEA will press charges against someone for diversion, um, and we put those into the database, uh, or they've been reported directly to our site by somebody who's familiar with the incident. Uh, 
So uh, the first success that we've had has been building that database to raise awareness of how often diversion happens. Most people don't realize just how frequently it happens. And by putting that data together in an easily searchable way, and we have a really dramatic map where you can pull up the whole country or you zoom into your hometown and you will see that diversion is happening in your backyard, so to speak. And we're using that to raise awareness at the federal and the state level and in private organizations that this is happening. Uh, it's happening you know, all too often uh, and it's happening in our backyard. And with that awareness, we're hoping to motivate people to take the second step, uh, which is to reach out to organizations, whether it's ours or others, about best practices to re reduce diversion. There's great, great information from a variety of places. We post links to that on our website or summarize it on our website. Um, and that's part of why we've built such a diverse advisory board is many of those groups have developed great best practices to reduce diversion. And we're trying to, once people are aware of the issue, we're trying to give them the best practices they need to reduce the amount of diversion that's happened in their facilities. Okay. I know on the website, there's a place that people can enter incidences. So obviously that's one place where you get some information, but do you have somebody that is working with you to feed information? You know, if, if I am involved at a facility and, and we dismiss somebody for diversion, I'm not necessarily going to go into the uh, healthcarediversion.org and, and put that information in there. One, because maybe they haven't been, you know, there's probably a, a privacy type of thing that you want to keep before they've been investigated, right, by the licensing board. I mean, how does all that work? Yeah, so <clears throat> we're building out a national network of sources of diversion incidents. Um, as you probably know, most diversion is investigated at the state level by state licensure boards like a board of nursing. And those are public records that are posted on websites around the country uh, after they've gone through the appropriate administrative or cl criminal proceedings. Um, so that's one of the sources that we use is information that's published by individual states that we can then load into our database. Um, and some states have even started sending us their information monthly, which we're grateful for, uh, to streamline the process of adding new information to the database. Uh, so that's the, the biggest source is from state licensure board investigations. Um, there's also quite a bit that's published at the federal level. Uh, the DEA regularly or the Department of Justice regularly post news releases about diversion cases that they've uh, tried. Uh, but we do we do see uh, individuals reporting diversion either on behalf of their facilities, uh, which we appreciate, uh, or individually because they have knowledge of diversion. Um, some are, uh, you know, people working in a healthcare facility where they have a colleague who's diverting, uh, and the administration in that uh, particular facility maybe not, had not investigated it, even though they had uh, shared the information. Um, and, and I want to raise awareness that not every healthcare facility is really doing the right thing when it comes to investigating diversion. Um, and we want to be a way to raise the awareness that uh, not only should leadership in these facilities do the right thing uh, to look for diversion and investigate it when it's reported, um, but there's a whole bunch of other uh, re reporting responsibilities they have, whether it's the law enforcement, licensure boards, or federal groups like the DEA or the FDA. So um, we say report to us last. Uh, we, we say first report to your local management and leadership. Uh, then there's 
there's clear steps on who they should be reporting to based on the type of diversion that's happening. Uh, and then we say report to us last um, because we don't want to step in between them and getting it to the right authorities so it can be investigated. And uh, one final note, we have a lot of policies on how we make sure we never publish something that hasn't been uh, verified through third party reputable sources. So if somebody sends a tip to us saying so-and-so is diverting, you won't see that on our website. All you'll see is something that we could verify, uh, for example, with criminal proceedings where somebody has been convicted in a criminal court uh, or the kind of public records that you see after a state licensure board has done their administrative reviews. Okay. Uh, you are right. A lot of hospitals don't do the right thing. I think they they look at if the employee leaves, it's like, okay, good, we're, we're done with them. We can, we can stop thinking about them, um, but they do need to report. So if, if a facility reported to you, if say a drug diversion specialist, they went through some investigation and they ended up deciding that one of their employees was diverting and they reported to your organization, but it hasn't gone through the licensing board what do you do with that? Do you hold on to that information until it's confirmed? Yeah, you, you'll find that actually is documented on our website because we get that question often. But in, in a nutshell, um, we will de-identify all the information in that report uh, if we can't verify it through third-party sources. Um, similarly, let's say they've been charged but not convicted in a criminal court. We'll also de-identify the information in that report. Uh, everyone's innocent until proven guilty, to, to use that phrase. Uh, and we don't release any names. We always de-identify uh, until someone has either been guilty in a civil case or has been found to have diverted in an administrative case. Okay. Is there anything you do if, I mean, anybody can get on your website and see that. So if you had somebody that reported something, you know, I think my coworker, I think my roommate who works at this hospital is, you know, stealing or what have you. Do you do anything with that information to notify the institution? We, we actually have talked extensively about that. In fact, our last advisory board meeting, we, we dug deeply into that. Um, and what we're doing is if someone reports to us uh, afterwards, we're showing them on the thank you page, hey, if you have not already reported this to all these other responsible organizations, uh, please do so immediately. And we make it clear we're not going to forward the information on their behalf. Okay. Um, we, re we require them to do the right thing, and we're not going to be in a position where we forward the information on their behalf. Okay, that makes sense. So your background was not in healthcare as an engineer. Was there anything that surprised you about the world of drug diversion when you first started really getting involved in that arena? That's a great question. Um, I'll tell you what I found most challenging about detecting diversion in healthcare facilities is just how many people have access to the medications. Uh, as a supply chain engineer, we think about drugs as flowing, so to speak, from their source of production all the way to the patient. And when we're tracking the inventory, say in a manufacturing plant or a wholesaler, you're tracking large quantities. It's like a big river flowing towards the ultimate patient. But the closer you get to the patient, the more branches and tributaries and deltas form. So by the time they're being administered to a patient in a mid-sized hospital, you could have over a thousand nurses with access to them, you know, over a hundred pharmacists, over a hundred anesthesia providers, even in a small hospital. So that's the thing that was most eye-opening for me is there's so many people with access to the medications yeah. 
Um, and they are so valuable either for resale or if someone has substance use disorder and they're taking them for their own use. Uh, that's a lot of people with access and opportunity for theft. Um, and it was striking to me how important it is to have software, uh, whether it's from ours or from others. So really keep track of all that medication as it passes through all those thousands of people's hands. You're right. As much as a solid prevention program you have in place, there is still a lot of access because there are a lot of staff that are involved in patient care and they all need to be able to get to what they need to be able to get to, right? So yeah, you're right on that. And, and the vast majority of clinicians are not diverting and they're not stealing, but they're so busy, they don't really have time to look at a colleague who may be diverting. And that's why the software and the ability to comb through these huge haystacks of data to find the needles of diversion has been so valuable for us to provide and for our customers to have. Yeah, and I think a lot of people look at their colleagues as as their team members and they don't want to see the signs. They don't want to believe it. So they tend to make excuses and allow the diverting to continue a lot of times, either because they don't have experience and they don't know what they're looking for. And so it's easy to make an excuse or they just don't want to think that about their teammate that they work with day in and day out. And so you're right there. We, I wish we could depend on people to alert us, say, hey, you know, check this person out. But most of the time that is not how we are notified. And so having the software certainly helps for sure. Mm -hmm. So what is it about your current role that you love the most, Tom? Uh, I have loved, particularly these last five years, collaborating with all these different stakeholders to come up with creative approaches to reduce diversion. Um, when we were focused on pharmaceutical manufacturers, it was a fairly narrow audience. And now that we're working with healthcare facilities around the country and we're engaging in this public-private partnership. I really love having conversations with folks like you, Terry, that are aware of the problem, where are the best practices to address it. Um, but also maybe my next conversation could be with the president of a board of nursing at the state level, or a conversation with the Food and Drug Administration, the Office of Criminal Investigation, uh, and then back talking to a CEO of a hospital looking for ways to prevent diversion. So the thing I love the most is talking with everybody that all has uh, their own perspective, their own experience. We all want the same thing, reducing diversion. We all have a piece of the solution. And I love finding ways that our pieces and their pieces together can address the problem. Yeah, I bet that would be neat. You do see and hear a lot of different perspectives. I tend to, you know, I'm more in the facility hospitals, so certainly pharmacy and then nursing, and every once in a while, perhaps anesthesia, if there's a conversation, but there are so many other perspectives out there. And things that they see for opportunities. So that is pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Tom, for your time today. I've enjoyed our time together and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Well, thanks very much, Terry. Appreciate the chance to chat and, and uh, best of luck with your video casts in the future. Thank you.